It's time to talk about infidelity. I was recently contacted by Curve Media. They are currently developing a feature-length documentary that will tell the full story of an affair. Told in the past tense, the film will explore infidelity and its consequences with empathy and honesty. We need to break the silence. They would love to talk to you. If you are willing to have an off-the-record conversation to find out more, please get in touch with them at theaffair@curvemedia.com. Check out today's episode notes for more information. Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice of a licensed psychologist, therapist, or a psychiatrist. Listener discretion is strongly recommended. People's lives follow many different paths, with twists and turns and choices never planned nor expected. In life, temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness can lead a good person to a mistake that they just can't take back. When they are facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. In this podcast, you will hear stories of women who have chosen to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Welcome to Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. This is Rebecca. Hope everybody's been doing well. Summer is still hot. It's hot and miserable. I've been putting off recording and I had to do this one and Patreon, both two parts. So they're, they make for a long recording and then editing sessions later. It's all worth it, but when it's hot and my office where I record is an air conditioned because we don't have central air. It makes me not want to do anything. <laughs> but I'm not going to let you down. I am here. And welcome to anybody who is new and who has just started listening. And I hope that you find the podcast helpful. I'm very open. If you need to message me, if you have questions or interested in submitting a story or anything, just let me know. Also, before we get started, just a reminder, I am still looking for short stories for some Let's Ponder episodes coming up. By the way, what'd you think of that uh, cuckold one? Ooh, interesting information. But, so the ones that I'm looking for still are three ways gone sideways. Did you allow another person to come into the bedroom? And let's say the spouse then started getting involved and it just didn't work out because they started cheating or just being dishonest and not telling you that they were continuing to sleep with this person. Um, oh, also fighting over sex. This is a new one and I haven't even put it out on social media yet, but what's your experience with that? Do you find you and your partner or spouse are fighting over sex? Um, and there is an example that I will have, and I don't have it in front of me, but it was something like this couple wrote out post-it notes because they were having issues with sex. When he wanted to do it, she never was in the mood. And if he didn't ask her, she would get mad. So they came up with post-its. So after her cycle, apparently, she would give him dates that would tell him days she was going to be in the mood 
I guess, or just these are dates they could have sex. So it was something that he knew was a safe boundary. Okay, she's saying that these couple of days were on for it. So she's not going to turn me down and she's not going to get mad. And he said it actually ended up working. I mean, eventually they got divorced, but for that time frame, it worked. So I'm curious, do what do you and your spouse do in situations like that? What have you come up with or what have you experienced with fighting over sex? What seems to be the problem? So if you have anything like that, please shoot a quick email over to me. And then also, you would have heard at the beginning, if you're not a Patreon listener, um, and you're hearing this on the regular, you will have heard the ad once again for that TV show. And they still have their search open, looking for a couple who has suffered from infidelity. They don't have to be together still. I mean, they can be divorced, but they have to be willing to openly share what happened. Their face is on TV, so they can't be anonymous. Uh, so anyway, at, on my, in my episode notes, as I'm stuttering here, you will find her email, the lady who is uh, doing this show, she's producing it and so you can contact her directly and share a brief story with her about what happened and yep they're going to be narrowing it down to find the perfect couple for the show so it'd be kind of cool especially if it was one of my listeners I would love that so anyway I wanted just to bring those up today we're going to start a new two-part story about Carrie we had been Facebook friends for a while and eventually I was able to make her feel comfortable for her to trust enough. You know, it takes a while for people to trust me. They don't know who I am. So let's go ahead and get started with part one of Carrie's story. My childhood started out pretty normal, although my parents were young when they had me, both 19 years old. They were married when I joined them, and all was well for the first four years of my life. Then an incident happened with infidelity that landed my father in prison, their best friend dead, and my mother in a disabled state and wheelchair-bound dependent on her parents for care. From there, my new life began. I ended up with my father's parents, and that truly was the best placement, but it definitely had its trauma, too. They were cold people after about the age of six. After around that age, the affection and love needed came from my weekly in-person visits with my dad. My dad was my rock. My mother? Well, I didn't see her again until around age nine. Her family wasn't the best. They held a grudge against me for having a relationship with my dad. She tried to be a mom, but her animosity just made her hard to be around on visits. During one of my visits with her, I had my first exposure to sexual assault. I was 11 years old and I was abused by a mentally disabled cousin living with them. I was upstairs with my grandmother doing crafts and she had to go help my mom. I typically was not allowed upstairs as that was my cousin's space, so I quickly cleaned up and went to follow my grandmother. But when I stepped on the first step down, he grabbed me from behind, covered my mouth and assaulted me with his hands before I was able to break free. I called my dad's parents and told my grandpa what happened. 
They talked to my mother's parents and it was pretty much dismissed as no big deal. Eventually, both sets of grandparents acted like it never happened. I shut down and became even more shy. I really hated anyone touching me after that, except for my dad and uncle. I knew they were my safe people. It took a lot for me to trust people, but at the same time, I craved love. That cousin is still alive today, and they still allow him to be around young children in the family. Aside from my mother's family being crazy, he is also one of the reasons I don't have a relationship with her or anyone else. But that's a whole different story in itself. As I got older, hit puberty, and started to develop, I looked up to my aunt. When I was with her, she loved treating me like a doll, makeup, cute mature clothes, and freedom from the stricter grandparents I lived with. Looking back as an adult, the things she exposed me to were beyond bad. I was almost 13 by this time, and due to being bullied in school, I hadn't had boyfriends, so I was still pretty naive in sex. Until one of my aunt's friends, 23 years old, decided to rape me while they were gone shopping. See, we moved out of a state and were back for a visit. My aunt kept teasing me about liking him, but I didn't. She went Black Friday shopping in the early morning and I was woke up being smothered and raped. I was so traumatized and disgusted with myself after the rape that I started cutting and contemplating suicide. I didn't tell anyone. I was ashamed and thought it was something I did. I had to see that guy regularly until I was in my 20s. And when I finally lost my shit and told my aunt why I hated him, she basically didn't care and still to this day continues to be friends with him. I no longer speak to her. After that, I had boyfriends and tended to stay in relationships as long as I could, even though I was young. I was pretty shy, so I wouldn't say I was promiscuous. I had kissed my boyfriends and one had touched my breast a time or two while being funny, but nothing outside of that. I struggled with sexual stuff due to trauma. When I was 14, 15, I did start dating another guy in school after breaking up with my boyfriend of over a year. He was considered a bad boy. He smoked weed, dabbled in other drugs, and was always in trouble in school. Egged a house that earned him a juvie record. So, when he became part of our friend's circle, I found myself crushing pretty hard on him. I thought he was funny and sweet, and he really was. He also brought out a bolder side of me that I loved. He ended up being my first consensual sexual experience, and I cared about him a lot. I felt like he took the pain away. It ended due to his parents finding out that we skipped school to sleep together. It broke me. We were never able to really see each other or repair things between us. His parents had friends and teachers watch him at school. If we even spoke in passing, they knew. So I stayed away. After that, I had another relationship in my sophomore year of high school. He was a senior and a Catholic. Normally, religion wouldn't mean anything in descriptions, but it plays a role here. I was more experienced than him. He liked that, but he also held it against me. 
He had only kissed one girl and I had slept with someone. He would come see me and he and I would sit in his car. It didn't take long for him to want to make out. I would let him lead based on his comfort level because I trusted him. I was willing to explore with him and it usually ended with heavy petting on the outside of clothes. One would think that would be okay, yeah, no. His attitude started to change after a few months and he almost seemed angry with me after we made out. I talked to him about it and he blamed me for tempting him due to his religion. I apologized and emphasized that he was the lead and I would have never done anything had I known. I tried eliminating the private time with him which made him even more mad. He eventually wrote me a long breakup letter telling me he couldn't be with me because I was not being Christian enough to help him stay pure. Also that he hated that I tempted him so much. I was broken yet again. I decided to use the breakup to try and be more Christian-like, and I know that's the worst reason to find religion, but my home life with my grandparents was awful, and church was an escape. I started to go to church with my friend, and I secretly hoped he would see my effort and try again. What can I say? I was 15 and hopeful. It didn't work, and his final excuse was that I was too fat, which was crazy because I was an average girl, a size at 8 to 10 in clothes. That killed my self-esteem so much. Between feeling like a horrible person for tempting him, and now being told I was fat, I was depleted of self-worth for my teenage self. It seemed like every relationship I attempted ended up in something my fault. The following summer, before I turned 16, I met my now husband. He was a skater boy and nothing like anyone I had ever dated. Chain wallets, baggy pants, long hair, so damn cute. I had known him since the eighth grade, but when I saw him during the summer school before my junior year of high school, we hugged and it just clicked. I snuck out to see him on a dare and from then on, we just fit together. I snuck out to see him often. He was my second consensual partner and I was very happy with him. He was so funny and open I told him all my secrets about family, my past with other guys, and he accepted me. He made me feel loved. We got engaged at 16, and it seemed perfect. I had to move back to my hometown, and that flipped our world upside down. We tried long distance, and it worked for a bit, but then I met someone at work and broke it off with him. I was 16 and needed to have fun. So fast forwarding about 10 months to 17, almost 18. We started talking again and decided to try again with the assumption that we would move in together as soon as I could move back to him at 18. It wasn't long before I graduated and made the move back to him. He moved out of his parents' house and we lived together for the last year of high school. He then enlisted in the army. I struggled with being alone and I expressed this to him a lot. 
I hated him being in the military, but for the most part, the weekends and one month during the summer was okay, until September 11th, 2001 happened. Then the unknown. He was at the end of summer training when it happened. I went from possibly seeing my fiance in a week to a quick phone call telling me that they were going to be deployed and no knowledge of a return time. I struggled. I was so scared and now I was alone. I had friends and a job to occupy my time, but all of my family were states away. He ended up coming home in early October with orders to return, but no official date because they were assigned stateside for that time being. So with that, we moved back to my hometown where we ended up having a baby in 2002. Life was pretty good. We were doing well. We did end up having to get married in 2003 due to military deployment in order to ensure our child would be taken care of in case something happened to my husband. It all happened quickly and I honestly wasn't ready to get married. It was rushed and sad because he deployed not even 36 hours after we married. I wanted to marry him, that was for sure, but not that way. It felt like it was just a piece of paper. But I made the best of it. Thankfully, my husband never left the U.S. and he came back after four months. However, with every deployment, and there ended up being two, every weekend leave and every training thing he went through, I felt more abandoned. Having a child made it so much worse. My baby loved and missed his dad a lot. It was hard. I know it wasn't my husband's fault, but I did consistently express to him how hard separation was for me. I told him often, I just can't be alone. Our sex life was always great. He's always been very good at making me feel wanted and ensuring that I'm taken care of in the bedroom. That part hasn't really ever been an issue. However, at times it felt routine, and when we had disagreements, I was turned off. He worked a lot. He was in school for a bit, and then of course military was still a factor. It seemed like every time I turned around I was just alone, and he was gone. He was my best friend, and I didn't feel like he was there anymore, and due to my abandonment issues, I just started to shut down. Once our child was around two, I started working. It was nice to feel like a functioning person in society again. Don't get me wrong, I love being a mother and staying home with my kids, but not working made me feel less than. I had been working since 16 and until I had my child, I rarely stayed home. Now because of pregnancy and some health issues, I had gained weight over the prior few years. So needless to say, my self-esteem was very low. My husband never made me feel bad, but I was my own worst critic. I put that out there because once I started working, I honestly never expected anyone to ever be attracted to me. So I was truly surprised to find myself in an affair within about a year of my employment and with my manager at that. In 2005, my husband got deployed for a second time. 
Prior to getting deployed, my husband and I hit a rough patch and decided that during his deployment, we would separate and depending on how things went when he got home would depend on if we stayed together. It was almost like a hall pass because for all we knew, it might be years until he came home. The last unit he was a part of had almost a two-year deployment, so it was definitely possible, and I hated it. I didn't want him to go, even though things were rough in the marriage. I loved him, and our son was so sad. My husband is very loyal, so even though he agreed to this, he was reluctant, and he struggled with it. We still talked often and wrote to each other. But that's when things at work started with the manager. We will call him Brandon. I will be back in one week with the rest of Carrie's story. We will learn what transpired with Carrie and Brandon's affair and if her marriage survived. Thank you so much for listening today. On Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, I share stories of women who have been unfaithful to their spouse or partner. I give them a safe space to be able to explain what happened and why they chose the direction of infidelity. I also feel it is just as important to understand what the betrayed husband or partner faced when they uncovered the truth. She was not in a position to deal with the emotional turmoil that now completely overwhelmed us as a couple and herself, and Richard as to whatever the fuck they were to each other. It turned out that she had just that day told him she would meet him in a hotel. Beyond that, she said she could not see anything. His stopping for a cry was his joyous reaction to that prospect. Very soon after his stopping for a cry email, Lisa emailed him to say that I had discovered the affair. He was angry because of the timing. I don't think he believed her. I think he thought she was changing her mind about meeting and lying to him. His mails were a smorgasbord of emotion and confusion. His immediate reply was a list of short questions along the lines of, How did he find out? Did he find out? What is this all about? How come now of all times? What have you done? Why? To hear bonus stories of the men's discovery of female infidelity in their relationship and have early access to regular episodes ad-free, subscribe to my Patreon by visiting my website, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. Subscription pledges start as low as $3 a month. Thank you for listening to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Your support of the podcast is truly appreciated. Be sure to visit my website at rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. There, you will find story guides to help form your story, where you can subscribe to Patreon, and an opportunity to vote for the podcast to be in the Hot 50 Countdown for Podcast Magazine. To submit your story, share feedback about the show, or if you have a Let's Ponder suggestion, please email it to rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com or mail to Rebecca Adams, P.O. Box 821064, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. 
Each story is taken into careful consideration, read without judgment, and always anonymous. Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity is written, produced, and edited by me, Rebecca Adams. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Be kind to one another, be kind to yourself, and always remember, no judgment. Goodbye.